Welcome back to the Two Track Mind podcast feed. You're listening to an episode of Open Mics with me, Liam Toms. And me, Edward Crawley. Yeah, that's pretty smooth. We're getting pretty good at the intros now. Minimal practice for that. Yeah, only took about two or three takes to get there. There's a podcast I listen to and have done for two and a half years, and they still don't have it, and they comment on it every time. It's now become a thing. I don't know if they're lying, but ours was smoother, definitely. I'm not going to out them. Well, we get two chances today as well because we're actually going to do two shows. You're admitting that? Yeah, there's the thing. Oh, you've you've let them know the the truth. This is open mic. It's got to be magical. No, and they've on got the to other think one, we meet up more than we do. On the other shows, that's where it's more slick. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like you know, kind of hide some of the yeah yeah you know, what goes on behind the scenes. This show is where we're more honest and we just say like tell it how it is well yeah we've had the first thing you need to know is that I've got a really almost I think I might even have a chest infection Uh, I've got a doctor's appointment booked for Tuesday so if you hear me (coughs) cough him was that fake? Uh, (coughs) oh I don't know it's going to start have a drink it doesn't matter you can't cough in the next one I would say don't feel that you need to switch off right now I don't think it's going to be that bad I mean if I was listening to a podcast and someone started coughing like I am I probably would switch off but to be honest if you cough a lot we'll probably just not release it Mm. and this intro would have been for nothing we could release like the first 30 seconds (laughs) what the mad thing is though what sorry I'll just put my drink down Um, I didn't know whether people would like this format um and some of the feedback from people, yeah, they've politely said, but do prefer the more structured approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, I kind of thought this might be the case. And then someone else then said to me a couple of weeks later, really enjoyed the open mic format, just like the, the, the freestyle banner. I've had really positive reviews on my side of things, actually. Is this why you want to do another one? I think, so. well, no, partly because there's a lot to talk about. Right. The last couple of weeks have been quite busy in terms of releases. You've been to a few gigs, um, which I didn't go to, so I'd like to hear about that. And you have told me, but I'd like some more in-depth analysis. There's only so much you can say over text message um, and the odd phone call. Um, but no, it's just a chance to chat. We always do this, don't we, before we meet up. We're like, we, we set up the gear and then we sit for an hour. And, I, you know, why not just roll the the mics and record what we would have said anyway yeah so for as long as people like listening to this format we'll keep doing it I think it's good because I think it could lead to other topics because I think as you talk in my head I note little things down and think oh yeah. that could have been an hour you know that could have been a, com- a top five that could have been but it's nice it's nice to chat yeah I like the idea that people can listen to this one and then listen to the top five and if they listen to this one first they'll know how much hard work we're putting into you know, keeping our shit together. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> so Peek what, behind the curtain. What do you want to do? You want to go back to the gigs that you were lucky enough to? You went to. Yeah, if you like. Do you want to explain? Feels like a while ago now. It, it, in fact, um, it's probably three weeks ago, not two weeks. Yeah, it's getting on for a month ago. So the uh, the Fireball tour. Yeah. Uh, passed through town once again. How many have they done circus. of that now? Four or five. I think it's in the fourth year, isn't it? Because oh, right. we went to the first one back in 2016. Yeah, uh, and they've done it each year since. So this year it was less than Jake back with uh, Goldfinger. It wasn't a co-headline, but I think it could have well been. Yeah, the, the response for for Goldfinger, considering I don't think Goldfinger could have the same sort of pull or play the same venues as less than Jake could on a headline. No, tour, no, no. The response for both bands was 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 comparable, was similar, and then say Ferris, who again went down pretty well uh, who haven't been over since no. the slam dunk yeah, which was last year wasn't it but before that I don't think they've been here for about 17 yeah, years yeah yeah it's mad so that's really that's a big tour for them yeah uh, there was another band Feast of Liberty that I s- do you know what uh, there's been two gigs I've been to that they've played and I've not really seen them either time because they played with Boss Tones back in the summer as well oh did they um, it's not it's one of those odd ones where you just like you wonder where this band Came from. came from, yeah. That because I, it's not they're not scar. They're, they're barely even punk. It, it's probably closer to something like the. They darkness. don't. I know it doesn't matter, but in a sort of this day and age, it sort of does. They don't have a lot of Facebook likes on their page, right? And I was like, really, like, how did they get it? I think they won a, a competition. competition. <laughs> All right. I think they collected some 
serial oh fair play so and, and I'd happily win that competition yeah. with you know minimal likes if I got to play that sort of show I'd, I'd well, be they, all the over thing it. is they had them and then they had a Buster Shuffle a, a local support oh, that's this. that was you are thinking of the um, London one the, the all dayers so this yeah. is the other strange thing they did like a uh, you know each of the Saturdays of the tour well, I think one was Birmingham and the yeah. other one which I went to was Brixton uh, yeah they sort of bulked them out into being all dayers so I was more annoyed that I couldn't go to either of the uh, to to the London show because I would have liked to have seen a Hella Rock the Album show again. Yeah, that See, was two thousand and six. We saw that seven. seven sorry, <laughs> September two thousand six. I wasn't going to correct you, but I saw it on no, your no, face no. that you knew. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think Rock View works as an album show. Yeah. The, the difference when we saw the album shows that Lesson Jake did in two thousand and seven is that it was a week of them and it was a it was a thing like it was like a almost like a subscription for lack of a better word like you were there we for a season the ticket. long haul <laughs> a season ticket that's better um just doing an album as a one-off in a, and you've got to think like brixton is a lot bigger than astoria too where they did mean those Fiddler, album shows yeah, yeah. yeah mean fiddler as it was known um yeah i think rockview if they were going to do an album show was a good choice yeah i think they probably could have pulled off Outfit borders as well mm. uh, i don't think borders would have worked there what there were too many like, like i mean i love borders and there's you know great album tracks on the album but the i don't album. know if they're great live album yeah, tracks whereas pretty biased. much everyone on rockview first five work and then yeah there's a few that mm. oh yeah i'll give you that yeah fair enough so Plus, welcome back to the uh the latest episode of the less than jake cast because oh God, we yeah. seem to fall into a trap of talking about them every episode but, but what, what, what the gigs like how did bournemouth compare to london uh both were good i mean i had a very different experience each of them uh bournemouth i was on the edge of the pit the whole night and it was a rough show i think it has a lot to do with the fact that it was payday weekend oh, right. <laughs> uh, the friday night in bournemouth and the fact that the O2 venues now do two pint glasses. Yeah, I've, I've experienced them. Plastic cups. Um, obviously, people head into the pit with their big cup, ready to stick it out for the long haul. And it doesn't last five minutes. And I ended up with about ten pints in my face throughout the evening. Oh, God. Uh, which was not all that welcome, considering I wasn't covered even drinking. Covered in Yeah. <laughs> I can think of better lagers to be covered in. Um, did I'd God... like to think they might have been drinking tribute, but probably not. No. And how did Goldfinger's... Because obviously the lesson Jacob writes itself. Well, I talked to you about this <laughs> this unusual thing about Goldfinger, who did sound a lot better with um, two well, three guitarists. Yeah, because Charlie yeah. Paulson, the one of the original guitarists, is back, isn't he? Yeah. Playing shows with them again, which made me even more gutted because we've seen you and I have seen Goldfinger in a few different lineups now, different drummers, maybe four or five different drummers now, um, different bassists. <laughs> You know, Mike Herrera's had the bass job now, it seems like, on and off for eight years. Five, yeah. It's quite a long time. Best part of a decade, probably. Charlie Paulson hasn't played proper shows with him in five years. And it is a big deal, because he brings something to the table. He's got real good on-stage presence. You're uh, you're good. You're almost like the uh, the wiki page for the rotating door that is the Goldfinger lineup. Like you, You're on the ball with this. I, I, you know. I find it interesting. Yeah. Because... Uh, well, you were always a very big Goldfinger fan. Yeah, so I, I can I, understand why you'd still be interested in. The yeah, lineup. I think um, I think Kelly, the bassist, occasionally has jumped back on to shows. Maybe yeah. the, Kelly Lemieux, I want to say. What band did he join? Buck Cherry. Oh yeah, something like that. Some is that is that even right, Buck Cherry? <laughs> but the the whole Goldfinger history um, interests me and amuses me. I'm looking this up because now. of things I've heard in podcasts and hearsay about John Feldman being a bit of a um, not a stickler for the rules but ha what, liking to have his own way and in fairness to him he has for lack of a better term choreographed Goldfinger to be this almost slight super group now and he has kept it going you know like they've had a couple of dodgy albums you know um what was it Ocean Size or was that the single what was the, the that, you're thinking of Disconnection Notice Disconnecting yeah. Notice right. it was alright but it wasn't received very well was it it's the one after that you need to uh, be careful which songs you listen to what album's that uh, Hello what? Destiny yes yeah, yeah yeah no that's got but that's got answers on it it's got some good stuff Bam, on it now 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 you say you're gonna have a good thing 
Is that that one on it? Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, I went to the hill. It's got some good stuff on it, but it's the guest vocalist on that album that you need to watch out for. Oh, yes. I just realised what you're on about. It is Buck Cherry. Oh, I joined him. Kelly Lemieux. Is that right? Yeah. Is he still in it? I believe so. Interesting. Yeah. Because there is another guy who occasionally stands in the bass when Mike can't do it. He went to Australia with him on a recent tour. This other guy. Not on the Millen Collin tour. Um, I think Mike was on that one. Well, the thing you need to update your records on is this uh, this guy that's now doing backing vocals. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone saw this, you would you 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 sent me a <laughs> quite a funny video of a guy just absolutely rocking out, but just doing random backing vocals. On a great time. And who what? you've unearthed is the singer from We Are the Union. Yeah. A, a ska band from. I don't think they're Gainesville? from. Yeah, I think they might be from Gainesville. Yeah another Gainesville but why is he on like why is he there I don't know all I can assume is that he is either Do you think, uh, part of the crew and can sing well he is he's definitely he's one of the yeah, crew I, members I did see him putting some bits and pieces out do you but. think John's lost his voice a bit because I, I thought John's vocals sounded better on this tour if anything oh, because they were backed up by <laughs> <laughs> yeah another guy Porky but the, but the mad thing is you've got Three front men yeah, yeah, in yeah. that band in oh. Mike Carrera, MXPX, uh, Moon, Phil <laughs> from uh, Story of the Year. And I swear Charlie right? went on to sing in Story of the Year, Story so far, uh, Story of the Year, Story of the Year. And now he sings in now he's lead vocals in Greek Fire, right? Um, <laughs> You're hot on this, but I thought Charlie sang in Black President. Yes. After he, he left Goldfinger the first time, yes. I swear he started Black President. Um, that certainly was his other band. Was he the vocalist? I don't know if he was the vocalist now. Uh, he's not got a wiki page. Kelly Lemieux has. Charlie Paulson hasn't. What do you want to know about him? He's bold. Um, uh, he's got four dogs. He... <laughs> oh, wow. Um, no, he wasn't the vocalist. Oh, okay, I do. I don't. Okay, sorry, sorry for that. But Mike Carrera clearly the strongest vocals there. Yes, and I did find out. I don't know if I told you this that uh, Mike was doing impromptu acoustic sessions outside. Um, Fuck off! Yeah, missed that. Oh my god! Because uh, is that did he still do his London show? I think so. Or yeah. maybe he maybe it got cancelled or something. No, I think he did. I think he said he was doing that as a way of promoting the fact that he was doing a solo show. Um, so I missed that, and I basically missed the opportunity to become his best mate. Um, well, you didn't miss the opportunity. You just didn't know what to say. Well, it, it, I'll tell you the circumstances again. So we had a backstage pass for Brixton, which, I, I mean, that's a completely different conversation about that. I mean I've been backstage at a few venues mostly it's a very underwhelming experience yeah. mostly it is just a maze and you know maybe a broom cupboard at the end yeah. Brixton has a backstage bar I mean you can tell that they're trying to cater for like the London did you go in the crowd. upstairs yes. bar yes yeah yeah which, yeah. You, which I never realised you can see out into the yeah. crowd did I, um, I saw Allard um, up there with Clark and uh, I was like, are you going to go and say hello? And he never did. What, uh, what show is that for? Oh, yeah, see, I've had backstage at Brixton as oh, well. Good. Oh, good. All time low. Oh, okay. Um, Clark sorted out me and him. I met, did I meet him up there? We met like Paul Parsons and a few people. Right. Um, and we didn't go backstage behind the stage, but we did go up into the VIP bar yeah. and I watched... And it's insane a, how the, much is back there like you yeah, realise that, that bar is just floating above yeah. the crowd that's, t- that's shit scary isn't it well, it's, it's properly built it's not but we went round the corner a bit yeah um, and I don't know what I don't know why now um, yeah I mean it is a big venue isn't it really you can, I guess it's you massive. kind of forget that uh, but I sort of walked past Mike on the stairs as I was going down to the side of stage to watch a bit of say Ferris at that point, Mike's coming across the corridor. Yeah. Uh, Roger and um, Matt from Lester Jake are walking up the stairs. So I've said hello to them. Uh, they're then saying hello to Clark. That's my opportunity to talk to Mike Carrera. And 
he's basically just trying to get past us. He doesn't want to stop and have a conversation with anyone. So all I could do in that moment, just to actually, you know, you know, exchange pleasantries, was say, hi, Mike. Uh, what are you drinking then? Because he had two solo cups. Right. And uh, he, he replied, yeah, just beer. <laughs> Where'd you go from there? I mean... Nice. I'll tell you why I went from there. Obviously, it's a fireball tour, so I said, not dropping uh, fireball shots into it yet then. No, not yet. And off he went. Did you actually say that? Yeah. No, you fucking <laughs> that didn't. Was, that was it. That was Please the best. Please tell me that's that was a the lie. Best, Please. That was the best I could do in a stairway. I'm going to probably ask you something that a lot of the thousands of listeners are. Go for it. Why Can I just have a bit you, more water first? Yeah. Why did you feel the need to say anything like I said I want him to be my best friend oh yes I, I, and do you know what I think I'd get starstruck if I was in close proximity to him the mad thing is I've seen him play at the joiners we were stood next to him when they played at pyramids years ago mm. um, it's not as if I haven't had the opportunity but I think it's like the recent years of like listening to his podcast I kind of feel like I know him yeah, and he puts his number on the podcast now. What's his phone number? Yeah, he says, leave me a voicemail. Oh, so why was I asking around backstage <laughs> at Brixton trying to woo him? He says, uh, leave me a voicemail. You know, I like to hear your feedback. Maybe, Whether, maybe he doesn't pick up. But... Maybe we should ring him. All right, Mike. Did you enjoy your beer? <laughs> yeah. Did you drop some shots? <laughs> I mean, I... <coughs> Sorry. I sort of said it knowing for well that it was a you know tongue in cheek thing yeah. to to ask, but um, but, but you had a good yeah, time with both uh, both the gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah both were good. Um, I didn't have any fireball. No, no, it's not nice. Nasty stuff. Yeah, well, I did, I wasn't really drinking. I was um, away running that weekend, so you know needs must. I had a thoroughly enjoyable time. I wouldn't. I, I still don't think I'd swap it round. I just wish the dates wouldn't have collided you know I've, I've, luckily I've seen say Ferris Goldfinger and Les and Jake so it wasn't too bad you know I can get over it and you've seen Rock for Your Life before so yeah it's good what, when it was you know but anyway so what else what else have you been up to or should I tell you something um, that I've been up to <laughs> is this all this been up to have you got something you want to talk about something you want to get off your chest <laughs> You've got so a little Should I do a show and tell again? Yeah, come on, let's do show and tell. Oh, I don't want to what, get out of my seat. What have you got? I can see it from here. So I got Frank Turner, Sleepers for the Week. As discussed on our first episode. Yeah, uh, a little callback to that. Um, you, you, you know what I'm like. I will take risks on vinyl on eBay. You're more of a purist, aren't you? It's not that if I can get it from the artist first hand, I always will. But purist is a nice way of putting it. But I'm happy to seek stuff that I don't have, which might now be out of press on eBay. Whereas you think that eBay's a little bit, you, the, the gradings and I stuff. I don't want someone's it, grubby print. It's not it? like Discogs where the people have to be quite honest, otherwise they can lose their rating. eBay's a bit more of a chances game, but I, I like the bidding more. So I like seeing it go up, and then I can check Discogs, and it will be four pound less. But I'm still wanting to bid <laughs> because I can't help. I don't want to just buy it. You like I want to. I want to win it. And uh, I bid on Frank Turner. It's an Epitaph version, so it's not the original pressing. Um, that's still quite cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool because obviously when he moved over, the, when he didn't move over there, did he? It was just for his America, so he was still very much part mm. of X Mars, but they started handling his America so I'm guessing when he first started getting big in America Epitaph said let's put out your back catalogue yeah. um, I don't remember them doing it but and it went there. up to like under a tenner plus postage it's good and then I was like you have won the site and I was like I'll fucking have that I also got Bad Religion but I did get that off Discogs which it, I think you talked about last time that you were maybe you did maybe you did no I thought I brought the other one in no you brought Offspring in but I think you were talking oh, about yeah. Bad Religion no right well, it's yeah. arrived. It's here. People like this uh, show and tell. Like it's, lo it's lovely. <laughs> you know, I'm not even older than them, but say they look lovely. <laughs> they look great. We listened to Frank before we recorded. It sounds nice, doesn't it? It sounds lovely. Um, Just what lovely. else have I been up to? Oh, caught up on a lot of podcasts. Right. Lots. More Goldfinger gossip? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I listened to... Um, 
So Mike Herrera, I've done about five episodes, caught up with that. A Charlie Paulson one, uh, Goldfinger original guitarist. He's very honest. He's got some interesting views. Um, talks about how when he was asked to do it by John, he phoned Phil and said, look, you know, and with all due respect, it sounds like Phil was quite good about it, but he basically rang and said, you know, this was my one of my, my band. I'm not going to come in and play rhythm. I want my lead parts. But if you're not cool with that, then I'm not going to shit on It's been your gig for a while now. I'm just not going to bother. So it was basically, it was an all, all or nothing type deal. And Phil turned around and went, yeah, I'm not, I'm not bothered. You know, come in, I'll play whatever. Because, you know, in, in the end of that episode, they're all clearly on the bus. Or they all show up. And they're basically just saying there's a good harmony in the group. They all know their roles. And it's, Charlie says, it's the best it's been in years, you know, as a touring outfit. Because they all know exactly what they're doing. And he said for years in Goldfinger, there wasn't that clarity. You know, no one was talking. No one understood what was going on. John was doing his thing and basically pulling the shots and just saying, you do this, you do this. And which is why it disbanded. But now they know what they're doing. They know their roles and they're all professional about it. And that it sounds like it's it sounds like Goldfinger could be around to stay for a bit because of that maybe. But what else have I listened to? Oh, I've watched. Um, finally got round to watching. Turn it around. The story of East Bay Punk. Oh yeah. Um, which focuses heavily on a venue called Gilman Street. Um, what I will say is, if you're a fan of Green Day, the documentary is not going to be for you really. Um, and I wouldn't have enjoyed it if it had not been for the Turned Out a Punk podcast I've, I've started listening to. And just when I've got a spare hour, I'll put on some random bloke I don't know. So these bands like Neurosis and Teen Idols, like Teen Idols spelt differently to the Teen yes, Idols you and I, all of these bands come up in it. And because I've listened to the podcast, I had more, when they showed up on the screen in the documentary, I was able to go, yes, they were one of the founding bands of that. Other than that, you wouldn't have had a clue. It wasn't for a good hour and a half until it starts mentioning Pinhead Gunhat Powder and Green Day. They mentioned Operation Ivy, hmm. and I was, un- I was unaware Operation Ivy was around for two years. That was it. It was only the one album, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the one album, but you think how big and what a legacy they've got. Yeah, it's iconic. For two, two years. Yeah. How long we can't have the water around? <laughs> Free? We've only got the one thing. Well, you know, and it's like and that's iconic too. Um, what was I going to say? So, could you enjoy it even... Because, I mean, I watch if, things. The, the one I always uh, refer back to is the, the Foo Fighters Sonic Highways yeah, series, yeah. which a lot of those I didn't really know about the artist, with the exception of a couple I didn't really know about the artists they were talking about in each of the towns that they travelled around to but I still really enjoyed that show yeah def- definitely you could enjoy it because if you if you like the history and it is and there's some wicked photos that they've managed to unearth from the archives and it's the people they mention like and you can imagine it like for us I guess our local little venue where we'd always see the same people was probably Mr Smith. Oh, don't talk about that. That's for the next podcast. When, but I've got a touch on it. That would have been our equivalent. And always seeing Shane there. You know, whatever punk gig it was, he was there with Lewis probably in their denim jackets and their yeah. Mohegan. Well, it's funny you say this. Like, I was thinking earlier on about what I'd say in, about the venues. Um, and I probably We won't, haven't announced. I probably won't what, say this. The, what the next one is. Yeah, so, the, so we're, we're, ahead, we're recording this ahead of recording another podcast with our top five venues. Mm-hmm. Um, one of mine is our old local. Um, but I was thinking, like, in my head, it's CBGB's. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it ain't. No. <laughs> but Bournemouth isn't where... Where was CBGB's? Is it LA or... I want to say California. Maybe there's a couple of them. I can't remember. CBGB's, the history escapes me. But I want to say... You get what I mean. It's all relative. Like Bournemouth, you know, for Bournemouth, this was essentially the equivalent. But yeah. It sounds like ours might have been more like a Gilman Street. Because basically what they did was there was this unity between them. It wasn't like a violent pit. Like sometimes they were just wacky pits where they were rolling on the floor. But everyone knew their place, you know, and it, it seems like it was a real friendship. 
and um, real good vibes. Like bands would just play with bands, so you didn't have to be punk, you didn't have to be whatever you were classed as. If you were friends and someone said, "Oh, you're in this jazz band now. Do you want to open this punk show?" and then they jump on board and say, "Yeah," and it, you they dance to the first band, they dance to the last band. Um, and on Operation Ivy's last show, it fitted like 400 in or something. They crammed like 1,500 people in there, like just broke all the rules. But there was no stopping people coming in and everyone donated. And uh, it, yeah, they, they really sell it as like a cool little, this East Bay thing, as a real cool little place. But what was quite nice is that Tim Armstrong speaks quite a lot in it and um, Iggy Pop narrates it. Oh, right. And they, they speak to some big people, like all of the Green Day guys. Uh, lo- loads of people are unearthed. And you sort of recognise a few of them and you go, what band are they in now? And then what's quite cool is as the documentary goes on, so Billy Joe comes on, but it's Billy Joe from Pinhead Gunpowder. It doesn't say oh, Green right. Day. And then two hours into it, he'll come back on to do some talking and it will say Billy Joe Green Day. Was he in Pinhead Gunpowder first? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they were the, the original thing, um, and he played with uh, he played with Rancid at this right. thing, and he he was asked to join Rancid. Yeah, and there's there's um, footage of him playing, and he just looks like he was just everyone knew he was going to be big. They um, both the Armstrongs uh, wrote one of the well, Tim Armstrongs wrote quite a few songs for the Interrupters, but Billy Joe co-wrote one of the tracks on their latest album. Did he? Yeah. Do you know which one? Uh, gave you everything. Is that it? I'll have to have a listen. Yeah. See if, you, if it rings any bells. If you listen to it and listen to the guitars, it's not out of, um, you know, not out of the realms of what Green Day have been doing in the last few years. Yeah. Is it Jason, the four, the the fourth member of Green Day? Yeah. The honorary member. Yeah. So he was originally in Pinhead Gunpowder with right. them. Right. Um, yeah. But Trey wasn't. I think it's quite common. Trey wasn't uh, commonly known. Trey wasn't the original drummer. It was Michael... Or was he the label guy? I can't remember. But anyway, this guy, he's on it as well because he was in another band around the time of Gilman Street. And like he, they do a tour and they're just like, so yeah, we're going to... And he's He was just an like, old guy, wasn't he? And he's like, oh no, I'm off to college. Yeah, because like, he was older than them. And he's like, sorry? And they're like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to go to college. But you should give this guy a ring. And he gave them Trey's number. Oh, right. And so they said, oh, like, Mike then, Mike Dirt then comes on and says, we, we'd seen Trey, but we'd never, like, jammed with him. And uh, he starts jamming, and they were like, yeah, he was like this Keith Moon-type character, just fucking bought, like, ballistic. <laughs> and he just changed the sound. And then they show really early footage of them playing. But everyone, you know, bands, like, really heavy bands, like Neurosis and stuff, all of the guys from it, when they're talking about the Green Day bit, they all say, we knew they were going to get big and that was awesome because they were our band. They were one of our bands. And it isn't like someone... Because I swear there's this thing with the East Bay and the New Jersey and stuff like that and you've got the, the New Jersey crew and the LA Death Squad or whatever they fucking call it. But it the, the East Bay thing, what I really liked, and I'll end it with this, is just they were all so supportive of all the other bands. When a band went off and toured like other guys would say do you need a hand and they jump in a car behind and they might not even be the same genre but they were just mates that's good yeah a really cool vibe about it yeah I liked it in fact I'm, uh, yeah even if you don't know I'll the band watch yeah get, well you can borrow well, I would say you can borrow the iPad but I don't I need the iPad <laughs> maybe I'll give you my log on because it's on my Apple TV cool there we go that's that where else uh, so speaking of Iggy Pop have you seen that uh, Jennifer Aniston has joined Instagram this week? <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> Where does Iggy Pop fall into this? I'll let you complete that one. Are you saying she looks like Iggy Pop? She is looking increasingly like Iggy Pop. Oh, no. Do you not think? Oh, she did a friend selfie, didn't she? Yeah. Is that what this is about? Yeah, yeah. this is what this is what she posted. But I mean, Is that the only that, one? They, they do look very similar. Is that the only picture so far? No, I think there's been a couple more. But, oh, right. Um, You're not following her then? No. No, I shan't be. All right, fair enough. Well, I figure we need to have a pop at someone. I mean, last week, uh, last week, last time. Oh, we, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and we've had a lot of hate mail from um, 
from the Who fan base. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Have oh, you been and listened to that yeah. yet? Who was the other one? Who was the other one? Yeah, to be honest, we don't want to be too much like... Ringo Starr, wasn't it? Yeah, God. Yeah. Oh, the Beatles, they hate us now. Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, oh, again. straight into it. <laughs> um, oh. And should we end it? Well, not end it, but obviously a big album release for you. There's uh, been quite a few. Like I think probably since we last recorded, there's been about four or five albums. I've been struggling Hold to steady. get through them all. Um, no, that was probably yeah. out just Hold before. Hold Steady was different oh. in that we'd, we'd heard some of the tracks already. Yeah. Uh, it was more of a compilation, wasn't it? Uh, but we've had um, Bedouin Sound Clash. Oh, I've not heard that yet. New Tegan and Sarah. And then yesterday, uh, Third Eye Blind and Jimmy World. On the same day. Well, of course, yeah. I've got a lot catching up to do. Yeah, and there was another one as well. I can't remember what it was now. Oh, it come back to me. Oh, um, Lagwagon. Has the album come out? Yeah. Oh. The album's come out. Oh, I didn't I missed that one. Yeah, I've listened to that. I've, so I've done Lagwagon and Jimmy at World. Have you done uh, The Darkness? Yeah, parts of it. Haven't done all of it. The uh, the couple of the singles I really liked. Did you like the lead single? The Rock and Roll or Die? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's I interesting. It it's like a rock opera. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I, I think the other one is uh, is more of a listenable track. Um, heart Explodes, is it? Till My Heart Explodes? Yeah. 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 I thought that was really good. Yeah, uh, I liked um, Rock and Roll Deserves to Die. But Jimmy, we've been um, holding off talking about this one. You tried to get me into a conversation about it earlier. yeah because said, you, you, you are qu- quite openly a big fan yeah and I think I was I've always to it but now but then you really got into it didn't you definitely yeah you went back explored did your homework your homework your homework um, and, I saw, and I've seen him a couple of times with you yeah um, a few festivals quite a lot of festivals Bournemouth they've played Bournemouth so we've seen you've, we've got both of us have got a, quite a wide knowledge yeah, so go on. What did you? You can go first. What do you think? You've listened a couple of times. This is, this, is, this is surviving the new album. I've I think listened to it album. two times in full, and that was all the way through because, I'm, like I've said before, I can listen at work with my headphones on. Um, yeah, I loved it. I was so fucking impressed by it. And I'm not a massive fan. I like what I like of theirs. I think I'm that. I'm, I, if I don't like an album, I'm not bothered. I'm not going to listen and listen to make myself like it because it's a band that I like. But yeah, from the opening track, I was very impressed. I'm, what is it? I'm interested because the thing is, I kind of went into it today, listening to it with this in, this conversation in mind because yeah. I knew we were recording tonight and knew we'd talk about it. So I was thinking about it almost a bit th- more critically than perhaps I should have been. But I'm interested. What did you like? About I think it? his vocal sounds a bit more ballsy. I think there's a bit of depth to him. Do you think overall it sounds more ballsy? I think it's a heavier album. I think there's some really heavy bits in it. Like track two, the like mm. guitar, the like almost heavy metal style solos in it. Um, yeah. And the last track as well kind of goes off onto its own thing. And interestingly, it, it's funny isn't it, what you hear about before you listen to something and then it kind of influences your thought process when you're listening. But I saw a headline where he said something like they were influenced by Van Halen and Rage Against Machine yeah I kind of got the Van Halen thing I think that meant they meant more in the melody of things yeah the chorus but I was I was listening out for the Rage and it doesn't come until the last track yeah and then there is a real and I think it's mostly the bass guitar yeah, the yeah, bass yeah, is doing. yeah and then it kind of goes into this really heavy bit but overall uh, for a first listen it didn't grab me quite as much as the last album did and that's perhaps unfair because I'd say probably the last album Integrity Blues is a strong contender for my favourite Jimmy Eat World album of all time like, what, what would it be a contender with? with? probably Bleed American yeah. I mean Bleed American's the classic uh, but it doesn't have I'd, to be the best it doesn't have to be but Dookie's it, the I classic do... Green Day album but it's not my favourite it's fair enough uh, and I wouldn't say it if it wasn't, but no, I, no, no. Oh, it's a great album. Yeah, um, I think it's the most consistent played American. But the, the integrity. See, blues, I, I think surviving is very consistent. I don't think there's any dips. Like I'm, I, I will happily skip a track. Like I don't see the point in listening to a track I don't like, even if it's the first listen. I might then go back, but when I'm just trying to take it in, and I played it out. 
played it all the way through. I had both headphones in, so I'd really um, I've got decent headphones, so it's not like I was listening on tinny headphones. And I yeah, track one grabbed me, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna leave this on. I'll leave the whole thing on. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it hits. I think it. I hit. I think it packs a punch. What did you think of uh, track four? I think it's. I think it's number four. That's called five five five. Which has got like oh, a... that's the only one I think I didn't like five five five. Okay, let me just check. Yeah, in fact, I made a note of it. That's the only one because that's the only track with numbers on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the only track I didn't. I wasn't as keen on. So it, it's I'd... got like a bit of an electronic kind of undertone to it. Yep, just before one mil because I really liked one mil. Right. Five five five. I found a bit. Ah. That's the weakest track on the album for me. That you was liked it. Possibly my favourite one. Uh, Have you seen the video? Well, it doesn't matter. No. The video is fucking weird, uh, in a good way. Is that a single then? Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it is kind of a single in the same way that anything's a single nowadays when it gets to videos. Um, it's bloody odd. It looks like something like a cross between Hunger Games and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't like Hunger Games. So. Uh, but that kind of like dystopian kind of like okay. space opera type thing oh interesting it's bloody odd and I was watching I was thinking where on earth has this come from but I saw and so I tried to dig into it because I was like well surely this is I thought is this like a homage to something or is this like clearly like ripping off something from a film yeah, yeah. Uh, and I found an article where Jim Atkins is talking about it and apparently he said he was inspired by an old Rick Springfield uh, video for I can't remember what it was called now, but it's basically a similar premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went and then watched that video. The the Rick video has got a much bigger budget than this Jimmy Eat World one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you watch it. I mean, it's almost deliberately I will. low. I will. watch it. It's almost deliberately low budget. But I was I was watching then the other video, and that has got the look of like music videos from the eighties, where they were basically like mini movies, like a Michael Jackson video is. Yeah. And it did make me think, like, a lot of music videos nowadays, either for budget reasons or whatever, are a bit of the band playing in a warehouse or maybe on a stage and, like, a couple of, like, lens flares and then maybe someone, like, riding a bike along a beach you've, or you've something. You've basically just described uh, MXPX, Let's Ride. Right. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> them Mike. Playing, them My playing in friend. a warehouse. Not with <laughs> the camera moving around them as they play with no leads plugged in. But mm. that's fine. Like, I don't mind those. Yeah. But I've kind of got used to them. And it's almost like a reminder once in a while that music videos could be, you know, whatever you want it to be. Like, why not be more creative? Yeah. It seems odd because it's Jimmy Well, but then they did do an odd one for uh, My Best Fury uh, from Invented, which I think I've only watched once because I wasn't a huge fan of the song. All right. Uh, but that was a bit weird and trippy as well. So, I don't know. I, it seems an odd thing to say, but as time's going on, I'm liking my Jimmy World weird, if that makes sense. And some of the stuff which from that would explain you like in five five five. Yeah, and some of the stuff from that Integrity Blues uh, album was a bit weirder. There's that one, I think it's called Past the Baby, uh, which starts like Excuse quiet. Me? You'd love it. It starts quiet and oh. then it goes into like really heavy, and it's pretty much just like almost like uh, like grungy, like dredging sort of guitars, like playing for about a couple of minutes. Oh yeah, now I know yeah. which album that is because it's the one with the girl in the jacket on that's right yeah parcel baby that is so and Did i don't know like i like everything about the that era. before that damage uh some of it yeah is that the tour we saw them on or is that before the that? we both saw them on yeah, yeah when they played at bournemouth yeah. yeah i i don't think that album oh yeah please say no it was that... quite as good in fact invented and damage are probably lower down on my ranking of Jimmy albums so I think it was Invented they were still getting some decent press though weren't they I remember that album cover being in on stuff yeah do you know what I mean obviously Futures and Chase the Light were big albums for them because they definitely kept it going Futures um, they had that video with the tree didn't they the field and there's a tree and Oh yeah, this that was the big single of that one. Yeah, uh, they've they've done amazingly well considering like yeah. You, uh, forget Static Prevails, 
Clarity was like the first one where people started to take notice. It's the one like... It's the first one that's got a real hit on it. Yeah, it was the Get Up Kids and bands like that. They all say that Clarity was a big album for them. Again, this is all from podcasts, but there's a lot of people who always reference Clarity without saying Jimmy Eat World. So it's clearly an album that a lot of these music guys yeah. are into. Well, there'll be some people I remember that are... going to get Clarity when it came out, and that was we sat and just listened with some Diet Coke to the whole album. <laughs> this is some. This is from a recent podcast I've listened to, because he was like, "What were your influences?" And there was no Jimmy World Clarity. It was just Clarity on its own. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's people that are listening as I say that like Breed American is the classic Jimmy album, and will be almost punching their thighs. <laughs> <laughs> or something, whatever. Why? Because of clarity. Um, because they'll think clarity is the is the yeah. But we one. weren't we weren't around. We weren't. We I agree. I think even in this country, I think Bleed American was the album that broke Jimmy in this country. Yeah, uh, the middle. People might have, people may have, you know. may well have gone back and found clarity and yeah, enjoyed it as you do with but all your bands. Bleed American and the middle in particular was where. It. That was I, our introduction. I didn't hear Dookie when it first came out, you know. No, it was 1994. Exactly, wasn't it? but I went back and fucking found out about it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> there's not, nothing wrong with jumping on a band, whether it's you know. I was saying to you earlier before this, have you heard the new Miley Cyrus track? You know, it's fine. You know, she's been around for ages. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, we used I, to cover a Miley Cyrus song. But do you know what I mean? It's it's perfectly fine. Like, what did I say to you? again? Jets to Brazil. I've just literally, I knew of the name. I don't know why I started, they came up on a, one of those decent Spotify playlists. And I was like, I wasn't around, but I'm gonna go and check. They're no longer a band, I'll never see them live. But I went back and explored the album. There's, uh, That's a, that is a cool sounding band. Jets I feel to like, Brazil. I feel like if you had put Jets to Brazil on your MySpace profile, like in the music section of bands, you're like, I feel like, yeah. yeah. You'd have been a different kettle of fish at school. Well, I prefer the Jets to Brazil album than I do any of the Jawbreaker album. You know, the 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 front man's uh, in both. Right. And Jawbreaker is a big pop punk band for people, isn't it? They basically created Blink One Eight Two and stuff like that. But we weren't. You know, that wasn't our time. They weren't as big over here as they were in America. I don't. I I know. Um... This, this is a seriously big tangent, isn't it? From just saying that you're allowed to go back and have. Bleed America as your favourite yeah. Jimmy. I, I was going to try and pluck some Jawbreaker songs that I know, but I don't care. Um, so moving swiftly on, uh, or moving swiftly back. Do you want one? What? The big one. Uh, boxcar. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one. Down, 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 down. And then there's one about taking a car. Go, and I'm telling everyone. And dun, 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 you passed. You don't know. Well that's the. But I couldn't you tell you another one. Uh, the one about <laughs> taking a car and driving it or something. Like sure. Bloody no. Um, yeah, whatever. Back to Jimmy. Um, it's it's probably too early to say, but on first listen, my feeling is that it's, it's going to be a, a big one. Is that I? It's going to take a lot to live up to the last one, but just because I loved it so much. I'll tell you how strong it is. I'll probably go back and listen to the albums previous now with more patience. Integrity Blues is the one you need to give some time because that's what that's what I did with the new MXPX album I went back and then listened to a few of the other albums god Mike is getting some good air time on this show today. but to see how it compared you know because I, I did those albums when yeah. like MX when we were first sort of doing when they played with the starting line and you know I've always been a big fan of Mike Carrera and the way he presents himself like on Instagram and you know the way they do their shows with the amazing poster like they're another band who have doing weekend shows rather than tours but every show they do is always a really solid lineup and always always got an amazing poster um but anyway so after listening to the new mxpx album i went back and listened to a few of the other ones yeah i didn't i didn't realize how much i liked them they've been pretty good plans within plans yeah weapon yes i think that's the last three they've done but the most recent one is is probably the the best of the bunch. I, th- I think it's solid. Yeah, you know they've really it's taken good. their time on it. And is it essentially the original lineup? Uh, for the album, yeah, yeah, that's that's cool as well. Isn't and I it? think mostly for shows now as well. I mean, there was a time when he was doing like an all stars. Yeah, thing. yeah. See, Mike, I know loads about you. Just you know, let's be friends. <laughs> I could at him in this, and he probably would listen. Yeah, give it a go. I don't know him. I'm not. You're right, I'm not. <laughs> 
It's that guy from the stairs. What? Why is he just having a beer? <laughs> but if, he, if, he, if we do ask him, and really love your podcast, mate. Um, keep up the good work. Really like the Cyrus and the Phil Moon uh, episodes. I think they're really good. I like the conversation ones. I think Les and Jake boys are back on, on the next one. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah I see they did the... Uh, he's been on tour with them, so he's managed to get a few, hasn't right. he? They did the Rockstar Dads, uh, Bottom for Soup one as well. I've, I've heard Will the Chris Will you be one? listening? I've, I've listened to the Chris one. Yeah. But there's a new one now with uh, Chris Rogers and oh, uh, right. Matt. How do you find that podcast? Search Rockstar Dads. No, you fucking <laughs> dick. Sorry, I genuinely for you. How do I find it? I've it, listened to it. So what, well, how do I find it? And now, what do you think of it? I'm not a dad. And I'm I think not they're a interested dad. as presenters. I'm barely a rock star. I'd love for someone to even have an opinion on us as presenters, but they well, are they, fu- they are funny, aren't they? Did you see that recent video of them reworking? Yes. Uh, a, I think at Glastonbury or something. Uh, Reading. Oh, Reading. Yeah, the reworking of the lyrics to. He got Girl so the into guys, that, man. didn't he? Yeah. Listening to. Oh, who's that rapper? Post Malone. Listening yeah. to Post Malone. Got my um, Instagram on. God of that. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> You convinced me? Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Um, no, I have seen it, it's good. The um, other guy's not bothered, is he? And then he's like, keep going, keep going. He's the guy from uh, Patent Pending. Oh, because they've lost a member, haven't they, Bowling? Yeah, yeah, one of the guys has essentially retired. And they've just got someone who looks identical to him. Pretty much, he's wearing the same... It's like, uh-huh. it's like the uh, when, what do you call him, Billy Cottage joined um, Ruby Fish. And basically dressed up as uh, Dan Regan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what? Who are you trying to kid? And he's now left. And he's now left. And then interrupt us. Wait, how long? Just just quickly. We I said we'd have know. a 20, 25 minute chat. Uh, right. What do we think? Do we want to keep going for a little bit longer? Or we, we... discussed Jimmy. Yeah. Um, uh, Bedouin, give that a listen. Yeah, I will. It's weird because they basically were ready to release that album about a year ago and had put out most oh, of the tracks I have listened to put it put out most that of the tracks that's been out for about a month uh, yeah about three or four weeks yeah I think I've, I, I'm, yeah. I've listened to it um, but yeah they were about to put it out a year ago and then suddenly all the tracks got pulled from Spotify and they basically restarted the campaign this year Weird. very odd don't know why but um, listening through it today I realised I've actually heard most of the songs already but it's a long album I think there's about 14, 15 tracks that's another thing about Jimmy just going back it's only 10 tracks I know albums are starting to get a bit shorter and I'm sure it's because they're trying to squeeze it all onto one vinyl. Yeah, yeah. But I think I prefer a slightly longer album. And that didn't... I didn't notice that. Yeah, I I get that there's an argument for, you know, why have the filler? You know, don't have to make it 12 songs, but I think I prefer a little bit longer than 10 tracks for an album. Right. That's my preference. Sorry, anyways. Anyway, then. I'm, just, I'm just trying to go through if there's anything I should recommend. So podcasts I've just got into, there's one called Washed Up Emo. I couldn't tell you presents it, but that's pretty good. It's just on Acast, Washed Up Emo. Don't let the name fool you, but I listened to one with Ian Mackay from Minor Threat, Fugazi, Discord Records. Interesting guy. Um, I'm not into Fugazi or Minor Threat, but I yeah, like... That's, that's four more for the MySpace page. Yeah. But I like the idea of him and what he represents which by the way he owns three properties now and is a multi-millionaire Um, but he definitely comes across as a guy who might not have that money but he's one of the wealthiest guys in punk rock because of the back catalogue he's got that he can re-release and re-release and Minor Threat and Fugazi might so don't be fooled if you see him on any pictures of him sat on a set of steps outside the Minor Threat house which he owns um with his little hat on he's he's doing all right <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell what an expose <laughs> sorry have you got his wait have you got his annual return i said i really like the bloke but um he comes across really well in the episode he does question the name of it the podcast he says mm. i probably would have come on the show a lot quicker if it wasn't for the name and he's like, yeah, but it's the name's meant to be ironic, and it's like tongue in cheek. Like, no one liked the, the word emo, so I've 
almost taking control of it. And because the guy is from a band, I can't fucking remember, Taken or something. Um, and yeah, Ian basically slate does have a comment and says, like, emo, we didn't know what it was when it first came out. It was a name that we didn't choose. It was emotional hardcore, wasn't it? That was the yeah, post-hardcore and all yeah. these offsets. And Ian just played, it was just punk. And now he's got a yacht. <laughs> I don't know if he's got a yacht. <laughs> right, on that note. Oh, my God, we can't leave it with me. <laughs> Bad-mouthing the front man of mine, a friend. This is all over Mike's ears. It's just oh, us thank take, God taking not, a pop. Thank God we're not punk, because we literally, <laughs> no one would fucking listen to us. Yeah, we've, this episode, we have offended... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the fella from Minor Threat, Ian McKay, Ian McKay, Ian McKay. Ian McKay uh, Jennifer Aniston, and probably Iggy Pop. And we've bummed once again Mike, Mike Herrera <laughs> and Miley Cyrus's new yeah. single. All the M's. M and M. All right. Well, I'll see you in a minute then. Yeah. So we're going to finish up for now. And Get another if drink. you're listening to these in order, then you've got a top five to look forward to coming up. Uh, either straight after or maybe in a couple of days time have you got a theme tune for that um, no please if anyone's got any suggestions for a theme tune send one in <laughs> um, what a top five venues theme tune yeah well then they're just top five Why? what have you got well no mine's a top five I'm just saying if, what if well, don't send anything in because it'll probably get released the day after or something <laughs> or do what do you say for you? you enter one you went about the music for it yeah, yeah. Sing right. something. Hum something. Uh, counting down all of the things. It's top five <laughs> on to track mind. Where's the little fella's guitar? I did all right, considering I possibly got a chest infection. I think that's better than what I was. I was just going to go with like top five, top five, top five. Venues. No. If by any chance you would Ian like Mackay, more, please just get in touch. I'm so sorry. If by any chance you would like more random gibbering on like this, oh, but about a particular topic, this is where we promote the Patreon. Then uh, <laughs> sign up to our primitive version of Patreon, known as a mailing list, which you can do at twotrackmind.uk. Uh, and if you want to find Ed, where are you, Ed, on the internet? Uh, Edward Crawley at Edward Crawley or at Run With Ed if you want to know about my running ventures uh, running adventures it's not a venture I'm not putting any money in it (laughs) and I am just at Liam Toms Uh, everywhere aren't you yeah across the board that's that's called brand are you still doing your Star Wars thing yeah, we don't talk about that. Right Why? Well, uh, people. Yeah, you mentioned Tegan and Sarah. You know, you can mention Star Wars. <laughs> Hardly think it's the same thing. Anyways, right. No, we're one press is stop far now. more embarrassing. Press stop now. Thank you very much for listening. All right. Uh, if you, if you do enjoy this, then <laughs> bully for you. Cheers. <laughs>